Only the most curious and persistent people thrive in offensive security. How do I become a better hacker? How can I build and maintain my advantage over adversaries? And what's limiting my ability to think creatively? This podcast is for you if you're the kind who's always digging deeper for answers. Join me as I talk to some of the world's best offensive security pros about their work ethic, thinking, and real-world experiences. This is We Think We Know, a podcast from Pentestools.com. It's not just penetration testing, just like today's guest is not just an offensive security pro. If you're the ambitious type who's always looking for a challenge, then you're most likely going to resonate with Alexi. Banking on his experience as a penetration tester, team leader, mentor, speaker, and the co-founder and offensive director at Volkis, Alexi brings a ton of real-world experience. He's also as easygoing as they come, delivering truths and bits of wisdom with lighthearted humor. From noob to bona fide experts, Alexi connects the dots at every development stage in an ethical hacking career. He puts his finger on what makes the biggest difference towards reaching the next level. Whether it's about absorbing technical complexities or developing an intuitive perception of vulnerabilities, this conversation highlights the aspects of penetration testing that make it a true craft. Learn how Lexi steps into the shoes of the business owners who get the results of his work and how he stays grounded by facing the very challenges for which he prescribes solutions. This episode is packed with power-ups to help you in your relentless pursuit of excellence. So if you've ever wondered about the heart, soul, and grit behind penetration testing, join us in this riveting episode. Trust me, by the end, you'll look at your work and this community with fresh eyes. Alexi, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the We Think We Know podcast. Um, and it's such a great thing to just have you on the podcast and get to talk to you again. Really excited for this. Yeah, likewise. Again, thanks for having me. Um, we always have the best chats, so yeah, looking forward to it. Totally agreed, especially because today's topic is something that I know you care truly about, and you've been so outspoken about this and you've approached this topic from so many angles, both you and the team at Volkis. And I really wanted to just start with the biggest question, which mm. is why do you think some people think penetration testing is a commodity? Um, I think some people try and make it a commodity, right? It's, it, it's, it's just, easier to sell it that way uh whenever something is a bit more complex and doesn't fit in a nice little package it's people try to oversimplify it um a lot of the time to the detriment of the service uh which is unfortunate um but yeah I, i think this is just driven by sometimes lazy sales practices uh it's much easier to sell something that's commoditized That is unfortunately true. And I say this unfortunately because penetration testing as a process, as a craft, loses something when you try to standardize it. What do you think it loses in this oversimplification process? Well, the purpose for penetration testing is really to defend against a human adversary, right? Um, because we have human attackers, we need human defenders to stand up against them. Uh, that doesn't really work with things like, you know, companies selling penetration tests as just scans or this new buzzword automated penetration test, which, you know, who knows what that means. Um, you just miss a lot of the human ingenuity and the context behind, uh, behind doing these types of services. Like, you know, you're in a network, you see a file share, even if you have credentials, you see a file share, anything automated isn't going to know if the credentials you have are supposed to have access to that file share. But you as a person, if you see a file share that says HR sensitive data, or whatever the file share is called, and you're accessing this from maybe a receptionist's uh, account, you're kind of going, 
that doesn't seem quite right. Let's investigate further. And this is something that attackers will just see instantly. Of course, they're going to go straight for that. They're not even going to care to think about it. They see it, they open it, they pillage the data inside and, and off they go. Suddenly, you know, you're, you're the next company who's being asked to pay a ransom on the data that's been stolen. Um, yeah. And you touched on a super important thing here, in my opinion. The fact that while companies are trying to automate as much of the penetration, penetration testing process as possible, attackers are not. Their particular set of skills and experience uh, is something that they use in a very targeted way, in a very specific ways, because they don't want to waste time and they want to, well, make the most of their time. Uh, and get as much access and just as many resources as possible that they can monetize and then and just turn into cash. So what do you think penetration testers can learn from attackers in how they, let's say, hone their, their skills and their... Um, mindset which is essentially the same it's an adversarial mindset but yeah. the huge difference is in the ethical part obviously yeah yeah i i think pentos specifically some sometimes lack perspective in the final goal right a lot of the time on the ethical side i hate, I hate the term ethical hacker but on the on there the hacking for good side uh we're always taught just find vulnerabilities, just find vulnerabilities. You're going to do it as fast as possible because clients don't have much money and, you know, they're not going to spend a bunch of money for you to sit around doing nothing, trying to bypass security controls that you might not need to bypass, right? Or sometimes you might, but you've got to go fast. You've got to find all the vulnerabilities and that's it, right? What else is there? Attackers don't really think like that. Obviously they find vulnerabilities, but that's not their final goal. Their final goal is to do something on the victim's network, on the victim's systems to their company. Is it is it just like a ransomware attack? Is it more targeted against a specific employee? Is it, you know, whatever the business does, is it something specific to that company? Um, a lot of pen testers fall short of that. Uh, they, they sort of get to this point where, well, I've got access to everything. And then the client asks them, well, what, what can you do with that? And they're like, I can do anything. And they're like, yeah, but what, like, what's anything? Like, what would attackers do in this case? And a lot of people struggle to really answer that question um, without taking that step further and really putting themselves in the mindset of the attacker and going, what would, yeah, what would an attacker do in this case? That is very helpful, a very helpful perspective. And I think one of the areas of potential growth for many people who want to truly commit to the penetration testing process and truly do this as a craft, again, not as a commodity. What were the, let's say, experiences that taught you the most and that helped you, you know, go beyond the stage of let's just find and report vulnerabilities and explain what might happen into what helped you transition into this this mature stage of knowing exactly how to explain these very palpable consequences that an attacker um, that an attack might have on your client's infrastructure. Yeah, I guess I was lucky really early on. Um, you know, my my manager and mentor and now business partner Matt Strawn uh, drilled that into me from very early on. Combine that with actually getting the chance to talk to a lot of um, people in the executive and board teams who are less technical, who don't really care that you got domain admin, um, but they do care when you can, well, was one time, yeah, I got access to a CEO's email and found their um, uh, ASIC key. And ASIC is like the organization in Australia that, you know, uh, that you used to register your business and everything like that. Um, and basically with that key, I could legally change his company's name to something else entirely. Like 
I don't actually know if that was, you know, if that's something attackers would go after, but I thought that was interesting. And I showed him and went, yep, I could just change your name to shit company PTYLTD or something like that, right? Um, and that really resonated with him because it's his company, right? He built it from the ground up and it's, it's, he doesn't want people to change the name of his company. Um, so that's an example, but yeah, talking to people and talking to clients about what they actually care about, especially early on, um, changed that, that, that mindset for me. It was always originally for me, like just about data. We care about data and that's it. Right. Um, and, but like, why do companies care about data? And this one in particular, that I always remember this was, there was a company um, I did a pen test for, and they're like, I always ask at the start, what's just your sort of nightmare scenario? Um, what do you want me to really focus on? And they go, uh, this company did um, counseling services, by the way. So specifically for families and with young children. Um, and they had a bunch of records stored in this application. And they basically said, yeah, if these records get out, and it was records about, you know, uh, therapy sessions and counseling sessions and notes and addresses and everything like that. If this gets out, um, that's it. We are we are finished. Not only are we finished, that could be we could be criminally liable because. Um, so I, actually, that was it. So and I went back and did the pen test, and after a little bit, went, "Hey, here's all the data that you didn't want me to find. Um, doesn't matter how I got there, but." I'm like, well, you know, I sort of pushed forward a little bit and asked, well, how would attackers abuse this? And they're like, well, for example, a lot of the families that we deal with, uh, the one of the parents, usually the father is abusive. Um, and so the father is living somewhere else. The mother and the child are hidden from the father. The father doesn't know where they live. Um, but if their address got out, that would be a pretty horrible situation right um and that that particular example kind of always resonated with me that it's not just about the data it's how the data is used and the human impact behind it and of course it's not always so doom and gloom like you know financial organizations big banks okay they're going to lose money it's not great but no one's going to die probably no one's going to be attacked physically um but yeah, that one always stuck with me. And so my point is just like, yeah, the, those kinds of early on experiences really cemented the importance of pushing beyond just the technical, beyond just, I've got domain admin, yay. Um, and yeah, taking it to somewhere that's meaningful to, to businesses, to people. To me, what you described sounds like a couple of stages that are really important in the development of an offensive security specialist. Because the first stage might be a lot about practice, a lot about volume, a lot about data, like you mentioned, a lot about, you know, trying different things, seeing what works and, and getting to learn just as much as possible. But once you progress to the next level, relationships start to be more important, relationships between your, your teammates, your, your clients, um, be relationships in your client's team and in their industry because it's relationships that get you the trust that you need to just go wild on your um, client's uh, network, of course, in terms of engagement. But relationships are also what give context and, and create that unique complexity that's very specific to a particular client. And this seems to be one of the most important aspects of what makes penetration testing a craft and, and something that's very, again, particular and something that's very nuanced. Um, what else makes it a craft? Um, I feel like one of the things that you talk about frequently is independence and how that plays into the way that you do things. And I was wondering if you could share a bit more about that and how it impacts your work. Independence specifically? Independent specifically in yeah. any other things that you see tied to the craft aspect the craft, of education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the craft, craft specifically. Uh, I was, I was actually at B sides, like I was saying before we started recording last week, and there was a keynote by um, 
Louis, the founder of Pentester Labs, who is, you know, he does um, uh, education basically for, for security. And his keynote was about the different stages of learning, right? And he had, um, had uh, basically, he had like these stages where, you know, novice, intermediate, and, and expert, like arbitrary stages. But he sort of goes, he had this point that really resonated with me. It's like you get to this expert level or the advanced level and you know after a lot of practice you get to the point where you look at the system you're trying to hack could be a web application or a network and you just have this feeling there is something here and you can't put your finger on it you can't specifically say why you feel that way but you do feel that way and most of the time you're right there is something there um not always but Certainly, you know, that feeling, I don't know if it pushes you a bit more or if it's just this ingrained experience that, again, it's sort of intangible, right? You, you, you just know. I, I don't know how to describe it. You look at a website and you just know. You play with it for half a day, a day. Even if you didn't find anything, you're like, there's definitely something here. And most of the time, you're right. That's the craft of it. That's... Uh, that comes from a, a wide range of experience that comes from a lot of practice that comes from you know recognizing that feeling and pushing pushing through just knowing that there's something there um it's just super important and that's kind of yeah that that's in my opinion that's where the craft of it comes from um the independence thing is really just about blocking out the noise right blocking out everything else around you and trying to do the best work that you can, trying to get the best outcomes for the client that you can. Um, you don't want to have to worry about, like if, I don't know, a lot of companies do this, right? They they offer IT managed services to a client and they've also got a pen testing team as well. I don't know why you'd have both, but some some clients have this. And they sell both to the same, to the same client. They're like, oh, cool, we'll manage your IT but also will test the IT that we're doing. That never made a lot of sense to me. Um, even if they have good separation between the teams and everything like that, the person doing the pen test is just subconsciously going to go, do I really want to make my own company look bad? Potentially look bad, right? Um, all that stuff in the back of your mind, uh, we, even, we even consider things like how much uh, how much stock an employee might have in a particular company that we might be pen testing. If they've got a large stock in that company, it might be, depending on how they think, it, actually it might be in their best interest to do a really good job or it might be in their best interest to to not disclose these vulnerabilities, right? In, in some cases, depending on how they think. Um, but still, my point is, it's this weird, uh, it's this weird back and forth potentially in someone's head of what the right thing to do is. Being independent, being separate to like, we don't have to recommend this vendor. We don't have to worry about saying this EDR didn't work or didn't block us or whatever that means. Um, we don't have to worry about any of that. We just sort of do try and do the best objective work that we can um, for the benefit of, of, of the client. Yeah. Again, very helpful and very honest perspectives on something that happens in the industry a lot. And just having the ability to retain this this independence and, and fighting for it and um, perhaps not sliding into the hyper growth or grow at, at all costs mindset. Yeah. I think this is what sets apart people who truly care about penetration testing and, and help it level up, help it truly advance uh, and be prepared to help customers where they are now and where they're going to be in the future and, yeah. and separates this from, you know, the commercial aspect of it, who tends to dilute things, who tends to want to, again, standardize, automate and do this in a blanket way that's that's really that that's really not tied to context that doesn't yeah. take into account all of the nuances. Yeah. How do you feel when you see conversations around fully automated penetration testing? Yeah, look, before I answer that, I just want to say I am a, I'm a huge fan of automation, right? 
I, I use it as much as I can. I'm a big fan of chat GPT. It scares me, but I'm a huge fan of how much it helps. Um, even, you know, I, I myself and we Volcus as a company, we do automate as much as we can. Um, but you get to a point where you are got to make sure the quality doesn't suffer. And that's why we sort of draw the line. It's like, well, over automation is the problem, not just not using automation and, 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 and just sort of standard checklists. That's not the problem. The problem is when you just use those things. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I draw the line. It just shows, you know, organizations that do have this fully automated penetration test and you like, you just know, you just get this feeling. It's the same, it's the same type of company that goes, we find all vulnerabilities or we are 100% secure. It's that same kind of feeling that's like, well, it's too good to be true. At best, they may be a bit, they may be a bit misguided and misunderstand the core concept of what a penetration test is and what the purpose is. At worst, they know what they're doing, and it's basically taking advantage of customers that don't know better. Um, I try to think that it's the former, and that it, that it's just a, a misunderstanding. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating because the result is just not there. The amount of times I've been on a penetration test and a client's gone, oh, how come, you know, we did the same thing last year. Sorry, it's one recently, actually, this, even this year, uh, got me in and I did a, a penetration test and they're like, we've been doing the same exact penetration test, same scope and everything for the last three years. And this one vulnerability, well, actually a couple, but this one in particular, no one's found. And I'm like, man, this is like basic. I don't understand why this wasn't found. Like, it's just known that the first, like, you know, the, the first thing I tried didn't work. The second thing I tried worked. <laughs> and it's like, it's, that's all it took sort of. And it, I, I just, I didn't know what to say. Right. I, I don't know how I'm like, I'm happy to read the report, maybe try and give some insight of the past pen test, maybe why they didn't find it. But this happens all the time. Like it wasn't just a one-off. It's like, why, why didn't, why wasn't this found last year? Why is your methodology more thorough? Why, you know, all these questions. And I, I don't know how else to answer my, my clients other than to just go, I don't know, but this is standard for us. Like this is stuff that we find all the time. Um, but yeah, it's to sort of go, go deeper into the automation part you can you can tell when someone does this as a passion and when someone does this as they're jumping on the infosec bandwagon security is this hot topic they've got fomo they want to jump into this industry there's a lot of money here right i've got to get in here quick i've got to get here as early as possible and do something in here um while it's still yeah while it's still a hot topic and you know those businesses, I don't really want to see that much because ultimately, if they can get away with it, ultimately, I don't care that much. But what, what I do care about is clients just aren't getting a good service. That's what I care about. It's just the quality is just not there. And then it hurts everyone and it impacts everyone because these dissolution customers will perhaps either avoid getting a penetration test in the future or just see it as a waste of money because they've been let down and that disappointment transfers and it stays with you because humans are wired to remember negative experiences a lot more than they do positive experiences, which, yeah. which can be a huge disadvantage for the entire industry. And I feel like this situation you particularly described are some of the reasons why penetration testing has such a baggage <laughs> that it, yeah, it yeah. just is with itself in the industry and it's still i feel like there's such an and it's an 80 20 situation like 80 percent of penetration testing is seen as low quality just a checkbox on a list that you just have to do because of regulations but not something that can yield a lot of value like this 
disproportionately mm-hmm. immense value um, to the, let's say, resources and, and time and effort invested, which it can, it definitely can. Yeah. So I was wondering, you know, what are, you, you mentioned some of the tendencies that tend to disconnect penetration testers from this craft aspect of their work. Um, besides, you know, this, this idea of chasing profit and just chasing the, the opportunity, the growth potential and things like that. What are some other things that disconnect them from the, let's say, potential that this kind of work has to really elevate their expertise and give them even more chances of sustainable, durable growth in the future? Yeah. Uh, probably a big one is the willingness to share information and receive information. Um, it's very, very, very dangerous when you find yourself in an echo chamber where everyone around you is telling you you're doing a great job. You know, we are the best. We do amazing work. But do you really talk to people outside? Do you participate in industry events, industry conferences? Do you talk to colleagues outside of your own organization? Um, this this is the the main thing. It's 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 so hard. It, it is genuinely hard to know if you're doing a good job or not. I, I, I go on many pen tests where at the end, I'm genuinely not sure. Like, I get to the end and I'm like, man, maybe I missed something. I don't know. I feel like I did all right. But yeah, how do you find out? You find out by maybe not in that instance, but in the long term, by talking to people, by constantly learning new things, learning more about what you're doing having a hunger, yeah, having a hunger for learning um, is a is a big, big thing that's really essential uh, in the industry because it is moving so fast. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I, ego is always a big problem. You know, you get the, the typical hacker ego that some people get going, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so awesome. I can hack into all these organizations and, you know, I'm... I'm a big shot. I'm a big deal. You know, the, the, the Boris scene from uh, GoldenEye. I'm invincible. Like, yeah. I do feel and like that sometimes. People... I'm not going to lie. I, I do feel like that sometimes as well. But you got you, you to gotta learn when, when that's valuable and when it's not valuable. And just, yeah, staying humble, I think, is, um, is a big deal. Yeah. And this is actually staying humble and just general modesty and being very rooted into the here and now something that i i noticed about people who had like 20 30 years of experience in, in cybersecurity, or people who have stayed with penetration testing as their main line of work for a really long time awesome. and i was wondering you know because you have like over a decade of experience how do you stay in in this line of work what what kind of what kind of satisfaction? What kind of you know benefits do you draw from it that keeps you going and keeps you you know on this path that you chose? That's that's very driven by your values and that's very you know specific to what you want to accomplish and how you want to contribute to this space. Yeah, over ten years, you're right. I should probably retire, make way for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I've hated every moment of the entire decade. No. <laughs> Um, what could that be to, to have your retire and just take a bottle walk every day? <laughs> oh, don't give me ideas. That sounds too good. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's uh, like, I, like I was saying before, a, a passion for learning, a hunger for learning. It, it does feel good when, when, you do, when you do good work. I think regardless of the industry you're in, you do have some sort of self feeling of like self-achievement, self-accomplishment when you do a good piece of work, whatever it is, whether that's a pen test, whether you've like, um, you know, reconstructed a car, rebuilt a car, whether you're a hairdresser and you've done a really great piece of work for a customer there, like it doesn't matter what it is. If you're passionate about what you're doing and you sort of get this, this feeling, this rush of, yeah, that felt really good. I'm really proud of what I did. I think that always keeps you driven a bit more. Um, the environment that you're in has a really big part to play. Like I've always been lucky that I've found myself in very, very good teams, very supportive teams. Everyone around me has always been very supportive of what I've wanted to do and um, given me a lot of opportunities 
in that space, you know, obviously within Volcus, but even before that, um, I've always felt very supported and that, yeah, people around me want to succeed. Um, very hard to do that if you're sort of always told that, no, this is, you know, you're good where you are. You're not good enough to do anything else. Just stay here. It's, it, it is very hard to convince yourself otherwise. Um, and just seeing the tangible benefit that the work that I do has on on my clients, you know, it's 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 not always, it's not hundred percent success rate, obviously, but uh, for the most part, I'd like to think that I I see tangible benefits. Never, it's never going to be hundred percent secure. I'm never going to tell them that they're unhackable now, but I can see that an attacker will struggle more after I've performed my pen test and that, and they've remediated than they would have before that. Yeah. Ew. Um, and the fact that you made nice. them more expensive targets is a huge achievement. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's um, you know, you, you see people behind that as well. Like I said, for me, it, for me, it's all about people, right? Like you, you were talking about relationships before. It's um, for smaller business, especially, it's you know, you you want to help them protect their business, especially now as a business owner myself. That that resonates with me so much more. Um. I want to help them protect the thing that they've created. You don't want to, you don't want to have some other person come in and like smash the science, the sandcastle away, so to speak. Um, even, but even larger organizations, like you know, you just know it's harder to sort of pinpoint the specific person. Oh, this one person built this because it's not just one person. And at this point, it's well, I want to, I want to help everyone involved, not just. Not just the employees of that business. Obviously, they've got their own families to feed and and their own careers that they've probably been working hard at as well. But also, you know that that business's customers as well, the customers that have trusted their data to that business, that have hopefully had some good services from them. They don't really deserve to be screwed over either. So it yeah, it sort of grows from there. And when I'm doing my pen tests anyway, that's that's really what I'm thinking of. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but I have made recommendations that go against the best interests of the client. Well, in, in, in the, I want to say in the short term, it probably goes against them in the short term, but protects their clients more in the long term. And then in, in my opinion, in turn, protects them in the long term as well. Um, trying to explain that is quite hard. It's a lot harder said than done. It's, um, detail can I go into I can't go into too much detail but basically there was a there was a mobile app that I was testing that just took way too much data from their customers phones they you know they told me what the purpose was and we just went this is too much data you're taking too much data from people's phones for the purpose you're using it for um, our recommendation is to cut that down to just the bare minimum because yeah if you do get hacked this will become a big deal for you. This will become newsworthy. Um, it became a bit of a big deal within within their organization. They sort of questioned that finding and they we got on the phone with them and we talked to the CEO about that, um, trying to basically explain why from our perspective and the fact that we'd seen it before that, you know, all similar organizations would get hacked and then it suddenly, well, why do you have this much data? I didn't approve you to take this much data. Um, I don't really know what ended up happening with that. I don't know if they ended up taking a recommendation or not. Um, but yeah, that was that was an example of when we just had to stick to our guns because, yeah, for us the greater good was to protect their their customers as much as it was to protect them. And a penetration test is such a powerful way to gain self-awareness as an organization and as a team who is trying to support that organization to growth and to be stable and to, you know, avoid crisis situations as much as possible, such as, you know, having an attack that truly impacts everything from finances to customers, everything that you've mentioned before. And having this ability to even raise these topics with a customer and advocate for them, I feel it's such an important 
service that you're providing, which goes again far beyond it. It starts from a technical finding, but it dives into the inner workings of a business and the potential legal consequences. It's not just it. I, I feel like the, the technicality of it, the technical aspect of penetration testing offers the basis for some serious conversations around security, around risk management, around business processes, around training your team. And these are truly valuable aspects that define a company's growth, a company's um, just contribution to its community, to its ecosystem, and so on and so forth. And all of these accumulated effects uh, become just snowball into something that's a lot bigger, which is why I really believe in the ability of penetration testers and other offensive security professionals to truly impact these decisions, these lines of thought, these conversations, uh, which again are so instrumental to the entire ecosystem. Do you think what what could help penetration testers see kind of this ripple effect that their work has? Like you mentioned, it's stepping outside your your uh, just your echo chamber. It's going to conferences and seeing what other people work. But how can they connect to the results of their work as their customers experience them? Like, for instance, do you yeah. do like follow-up calls uh, after a number of weeks or months uh, with your customers to see, you know, how these things impacted them in the short and let's say midterm? Um, how how do you connect to these effects? Because it can be they can be quite far removed from from yeah. one another. Yeah, definitely. The, the sad reality is a lot of the time you don't, not really. Like you can do follow-up calls. Um, I'll get into that in a sec. But yeah, a lot of the time, especially from the end end customer's perspective, like so like customers of the business that you're pen testing, from their perspective, you're not really going to know. Like unless you run into someone who happens to use that application, you're not really going to know. And it's such a small piece of the puzzle as well uh in terms of like how we as security practitioners help the organization it's such a small piece like security is obviously important but in terms of the entire organization it's a relatively small piece right i'm i'm happy to 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 be a small piece like to do what i can but i also recognize that it's not an all or nothing right my my recommendations there might be very good reasons to actually not accept my recommendations which I don't have insight into someone else who has a better understanding of that business might make those decisions. Um, but to actually get that feedback more immediately, uh, the, the really good clients, the ones that use you for a lot of different services and come back year on year and maybe for different projects throughout the year, they're the ones that, they're the ones that are going to give you the most feedback, right? Cause you're just talking to them the most. Um, we have a couple of clients actually that have uh, have done pen testing with us year on year, and just seeing that improvement every single year is is just evidence for me that that this does work. Um, like the first year, we basically broke in and got everything in half a day, right? Found as much as we could. Here's your report. Uh, let us know if you need help fixing this stuff um yeah let's let's do it again next year next year they come back like cool same thing let's go okay came back the second year most of the stuff was fixed not everything um but yeah it made our job much harder as as attackers so this time it took like i don't know a day a day and a half i don't remember exactly what it was that's like okay Still got in though, even after a day and a half, it's better, but we still got in. Same repetitive process, right? Here are the new findings. Some of them, you know, we didn't catch last year. Some of them were just new in that year, like new, new research. Third time came around and it's like, yeah, we, uh, we spent the whole time trying to break in. We managed to get some things. We managed to find vulnerabilities, but it was never to the point where we got domain admin. And it's like, oh, awesome, right? Like that's that's such an achievement. Um, it's not easy to do. They took this very seriously. They genuinely 
followed our recommendations to the letter, basically, and implemented some of their own. Um, so they really cared about this, and it, and it showed. They kept coming back. They kept doing the same thing. They kept improving. The fourth year, they got unlucky. There was a new vulnerability that was discovered about a couple months, two, three months before we did the pen test. They didn't know about it. We did the pen test. We found it, and it was a pretty severe one, so we did manage to get domain name at that time. Um, that was, what was it? That was like a Active Directory Certificate Services vulnerability, which was, uh, yeah, a, a pretty big deal. Um, and and yeah, so like, like I said, you're, not, you're never going to be perfect, but that was still so much harder than just three years ago. Um, that did feel good. That did feel good to see that. It's also selfishly just just a better pen test. Like when you're forced to really think outside the box and you're forced to come up with stuff that you wouldn't normally do, it's just more interesting. The puzzle is harder. Um, I want the puzzle to be harder for a lot more organizations. Um, yeah. That's absolutely a great source of both personal achievement, but also something that keeps you, the, the challenge of it just keeps you wanting to improve and wanting to learn. And it's this, this haha, just unquenchable curiosity that's very specific to people in this space. It's one of the reasons why you do the work that you do, why, why people in the space are so into this kind of work, because this, this constantly, this intellectual challenge is always there. It's always there to, to give you like a, an, an incentive an incentive to do things better. And again, how we do things and why we do them, I feel defines the type of work that penetration testers do, the kind of impact that they can have on the community and how far they can take this craft, how far they can take this process. Because like you mentioned, the process of it is what you control the most. You don't really control the outcomes because that that's up to the company to implement them. That's up to the people who decide what's important to them. It, it's influenced by context and so many other things, but the process of it, the level at which you do it and the intent behind it, that's a hundred percent under the control of the penetration tester. Mm, yeah. And I feel that it's, it's still such a great opportunity to grow, not just as a professional, but also as a human generally. Um, giving you that much space to to evolve and to try things out. Um, Good fun, yeah. <laughs> and the fun of it, of course. Um, so we talked about several aspects of 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 this this craft aspect of penetration testing and and why it's so specific and unique. And obviously, there are no two pen tests alike, even for a repeat customer. Like you yeah. mentioned, that yep. you get to know really, really well. Um, one of the things that you talked about a bit earlier in our conversation was that your perspective changed a bit also when you became a business owner. And I was wondering if you could dive a bit more into that. So you mentioned there's, there's this new layer, a stronger empathy towards business owners and, and what their responsibilities are, what their fears are, um, what they, you know, try to avoid or try to build towards. What's something else that has changed you being a professional, but also a business owner at the same time? Uh, yeah, I, I guess priorities, right? Like it's, it's good me inside. I've got, we're, we're a team of 11 people now and every Christmas we, you know, we're, we're all remote, but we fly everyone down to the same place and we invite their families as well. So we get in a room and you look around the room and there's suddenly like, 40 people in the room and you just look and you sort of freak out for a second going how did this happen um priorities is important uh i've sort of off the back of that i've realized that although security is important it's not the most important thing um if i can't take care of the people that i already have what's the point of being secure, right? So what I mean by that is, you know, it's a lot of businesses have fallen on hard times and we're in the middle of a recession. If, you know, pen tests can be expensive, security in general is expensive. If you can't afford to pay your people next month, 
don't even worry about security, right? There's no, there's no point. There's no point securing something that won't exist in a month or two if you don't prioritize something else. Um, that's, yeah, I, I know it's kind of like uh, counterintuitive for me as a security professional to say that, but that's the reality that I found myself in. Um, it's also helped me try and figure out how to provide things uh, in a more efficient way, how to provide services in a more efficient way, right? I say services because maybe not just pen testing, maybe the best thing to do for a customer isn't a pen test. Maybe they're not quite there yet. They're still a relatively small business, um, small attack surface, their environment is still maybe, you know, controlled by one person, maybe one of the founders, or they've hired one IT person to manage it. They're, and they're at the scale where they it's easier for them to literally go to every computer and update it rather than install some expensive security software to manage to you know look at patch levels and and, and some expensive patching software just as, a, as an example right it might be easy to do that um and cheaper to do that so finding inventive ways to help clients stay secure uh when they do have a limited budget is something that I'm a bit more aware of because I've had to do that myself. <laughs> Eating our own dog food is, I feel, one of the most powerful experiences um, that really stays with you and creates a lot of, of, of context and creates that connection to people who are on the other side of the screen, on the other side of whatever it is that you're doing and offering. And um, I really appreciate that perspective. I feel Absolutely, like yeah. a lot of people could could resonate with that and could learn from that, especially when you have to, again, communicate and explain what you found after an engagement. Yeah. Again, that part, the delivery part, just like Leith mentioned in another episode, that it's all in the delivery. It's all in how you connect to the other person and how you manage to explain things, how you manage to really tailor them to what they need, to what they're interested in, to what they can do. So it feels like it's useful and doable for them. So it doesn't feel like it goes over their head or it's yeah. just too much. Uh, I, again, um, with all the priorities. Yeah. I really want pen testers to go and actually perform some of the recommendations that they give. Like actually do it if you have the opportunity. A lot of people will... A lot of pen testers will, you know, obviously try it themselves in, hopefully at least once, in an environment that they've created themselves that has maybe one or two machines in it. Oh, cool. I've spun up an internal network with Active Directory and it's got one server with no actual users in it, with no actual staff. Try doing that recommendation in an organization with hundreds of employees and weird systems and systems that fall over for no apparent reason and it's, yeah, I just, yeah, I want pen testers to understand that you might think that a solution is easy, um, but in reality, when it's actually, when it actually has to be done on a real organization, it might not always be that easy. So, I mean, yeah, going, going back to your other podcast, maybe have some empathy for the person trying to implement it and make their life as easy as you can make it. Um, yeah. What's something you've you've shared so many aspects of of again the craft uh, of penetration testing and a, a lot of practical things that go into this and why this is important and how it can benefit both the customers and the penetration testers and the community in general. What's one thing that you'd like to see more of in the future among your peers uh, and people who want to? Um, just, you know, evolve towards this kind of work. Um, yeah, keep the hunger going, the hunger for knowledge. Keep um, keep fighting back against, you know, automated pen tests and services that are obviously going to have poor results. Um, we are a fairly outspoken bunch, I feel, already, so... Um, even if you're in an organization that sort of tells you, no, this is how you have to do it, question that. You question it on a pen test. Why not question it within your own 
organization and within other organizations as well. You know, I'm not, I'm going to sit here and pretend that we do the very best work. Maybe we don't, maybe we do. I don't know. If you want to question something I'm doing or something my company's doing, absolutely go ahead and do that. We will take the feedback on board. Um, yeah, we, you know, help each other basically is, um, is my takeaway. Stay hungry, keep learning, dive deep. At some point, you're probably not going to learn much from doing courses or getting certs. At some point, you'll sort of on your own trying to find the next thing to learn. Um, that's scary. If you're scared, that's good. It's a good place to be. Be uncomfortable. Oh, that's such a perfect way to wrap up this amazing conversation and this um, like large stack of great ideas who are, again, very practical and who are such a good fit for this mindset that's so specific to this industry, which is, again, like working on your critical thinking, like you mentioned, questioning things and trying to find better ways to do them, better ways to serve people, better ways to be ourselves and just be kind to ourselves as well. So thank you yeah. so much for this, Alexi. This has been such uh, a, a great, um, just just a great conversation, a great resource, uh, and a huge, huge inspiration. Thank you for this. No, thank you. Thanks for doing this. As always, yeah, I'll, um, love the podcast you do. So thanks again for having me on. Ever wondered how deep the rabbit hole goes in the world of ethical hacking? Well, we're still falling and we're dragging you along with us one question at a time. Thanks for wandering through this maze with us as we tackle the nitty-gritty, flip misconceptions on their heads and maybe, just maybe, made you rethink some of the things that are important to you. This has been the We Think We Know podcast by Pentestools.com. And before I sign off, keep this in mind. There's always a backdoor or, at the very least, a sneaky side entrance. See you next time.